With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. The Warriors just came back and beat the Utah Jazz 111-107 in a game that, honestly, like, I pretty much wrote off in the third quarter, right? Like, you don't completely give up, but just seeing this team after the past few weeks, you're like, well, here we go again. No one else can score. They're going cold. Clay is on and off. They look a step slow. They're still integrating guys who've been out for a while, like Andre, Otto Porter Jr., et cetera, et cetera. But somehow, <laughs> some way, they got hot as hell in the fourth quarter. I believe they went on an 18-0 run. Now, if you've listened to the past few episodes, I've talked about how I would prefer to see the Utah Jazz over the Nuggets, over the Timberwolves, over the Mavericks way back when the Mavericks were like fifth or something. And it's because of this. It's because Utah, they are not a great playoff team and they don't have that guy. You know what I mean? Like, obviously Denver has Nikola Jokic, Dallas has Luka Doncic. And even this season, the Minnesota Timberwolves, they have kind of a combo of Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. And Carl Anthony Towns is playing very, very well the second half of the season, the season overall, but especially as of late since the Wolves have gotten hot. So right now, as it stands, the Warriors are in third place in the West. They are one up on Dallas. And if the season ended today, they'd be playing the Denver Nuggets. And that's okay. That's fine. You know, I'll take that. Whatever, you know? And again, if they get past the Nuggets, they would most likely face the Memphis Grizzlies. I've said recently that I would rather almost see the Warriors fall into the fourth spot so that they would get the Suns because I think they would need some time to ramp up to play the Grizzlies. They just haven't figured out something about the Grizzlies, whereas the Suns, I think just the nature of that team, the Warriors, they just match up better. Regardless, it is what it is. Looking at the standings, could become moot, right? Like the Warriors have said they don't really care where they land. And honestly, like give me a healthy Steph, Draymond, Clay, and now Poole, then I like our chances against anyone. I wonder if this game is kind of a turning the corner type game. They looked decent against the Suns. You know, they had some sloppy turnovers and stuff. And in this game, they looked sluggish. So... It was just up and down, up and down for the past several games. And you thought maybe this was just going to be another one of those. But when they got hot, it was like, hell, 
you know, they pretty much willed this one, you know, they came back, they got the lead. Nobody could score after that. The Warriors couldn't build on their lead. Both Clay and Poole were clanking three-point shots. But the Jazz, they just didn't have anybody that could put this away. They have very talented players. They have Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, who was just nailing threes all over the place, and Rudy Gobert. But let's face facts. None of those guys are guys that you're like, oh, I'm scared of this guy in the postseason. And for the first three quarters, we saw that inconsistent Clay Thompson, right? And then somehow, some way, he just turned it on. I mean, he was 14 of 28. I mean, that's crazy. Clay back in the day did not take 28 shots. Eight for 17 from three. Those are great percentages for him. You know, five boards. And it's so funny how easily one quarter can just turn the narrative or turn the perception of a game. But I like what I saw from him in the second half, especially the fourth quarter, you know, but like I've been saying, we'll probably just see Clay be up and down, hot and cold throughout the playoffs. But the fact that Jordan Poole is more consistent, he was nine for 22, six of 15 from three, seven of seven from the free throw line. So he didn't shoot the greatest percentages, but he had 31 points, six assists, six boards. Poole's playing an all around game, man. And I can very much appreciate that. And he may not be the strongest, toughest defender, but he's at least trying. And that's the effort that the coaches that Steve Kerr wanted from him from the beginning of the season. You know, if we're looking at positives, again, if Steph is healthy, then you have a confident pool who has proven many, many times he is not afraid of the moment, not afraid to take the big shot. He wants that. Clay Thompson, who can give you big games, may give you some cold games where he goes like, you know, 6 4 18 or something. But obviously, Poole's greater consistency mitigates that a little bit. Andrew Wiggins, he had a little bit more attitude in this one. You know, he's playing tough defense. 33 minutes, 7 for 10, 3 for 4 from 3. There was one big 3, which pretty much, I believe, started off that 18 0 run, more or less. He just walked into a three, just brought the ball up slowly. Nobody picked him up, and he walked in, top of the arc, left side, and hoisted, went in. And that was pretty much it. So he was plus 26, the highest plus minus of the night, and he had 17 points. Like last week, a couple weeks ago, I said, hey, all the Warriors need is average Andrew Wiggins, the guy who plays both ways, hits most of his shots, doesn't take a ton of shots, doesn't have to light it up for 25, 30 a game, but gives you that consistent effort. Because obviously now he is pretty much the fourth scoring option on the overall roster in terms of hierarchy, right? There's Steph, then there's Clay, and then there's Poole. And who knows, maybe Poole is ahead of Clay or they're at the same level. And then you have Wiggins. So you don't need Wiggins to do a ton. You need him to be a threat, you know, you need it to feel like it's not just Jordan Poole carrying this team. So I'll take that. You know, I'll take that. And again, Steve Kerr went with the vets and it paid off for him, right? There was a stretch in the second quarter, which looked really bad, where the Warriors, they just looked really old, you know? And it's not like the Jazz are the youngest, most athletic, dynamic team, but the Warriors, they looked old. He rolled out a lineup of Bielitsa, Otto Porter Jr., Andre Godala, Gary Payton, and I think Draymond Green or something. I could be wrong. Maybe mismatched somebody. Maybe Clay was out there for stretches as well. But they looked slow, and especially when they couldn't hit shots. 
And I was like, man, the return of Iguodala, Draymond Green, Otto Porter Jr., and Steve Kerr's desire to play Bielitsa more minutes, I guess. Like all those guys have pushed Kaminga to the fringes, you know? And they miss his dynamic play. It's just something that no one else on this team can give right now. I know that Kerr will definitely play him a ton against Sacramento on the second night of the back-to-back. And then there's one more back-to-back later on. But it's pretty clear that Kerr is trying to figure out his playoff lineups, get his older vets in rhythm, especially dudes like Otto Porter Jr. and Andre Godala, get them used to each other, and then use the young guys if and when he has to. Matchups, foul trouble, whatever. We'll see how this plays out. You know, we'll see like once the playoffs start, how he's going to use guys like Kaminga and maybe Moody. But right now we're seeing that he's still trending towards playing the vets. And that's that's fine if they win, you know. If they lost this game, if they didn't make that 18-0 run, then you'd be hearing some stuff. But hey, a win forgives all for now, right? My concern is like, you know, you put Kaminga in there, he played four minutes. I think he played four minutes against Phoenix or the previous game before that. But he's a 19-year-old kid confident as hell, but he needs time to get into a rhythm, right? And he also hasn't played with Iguodala. He hasn't played as much with some of these dudes. So all of a sudden, he's going to be a little off his game. So just something to keep an eye on. Obviously, I'm hoping that he has a big game against the Kings. There's no reason why he shouldn't. You know, it's that balancing act, not just for now and in the future, but now into the playoffs. Like, getting the vets warmed up and then keeping the guys who had been playing like Kaminga in rhythm. College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like, who will make it to the next round? And who will hit the most three-pointers? Then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and over. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So the Warriors, they get the Kings on the road on Sunday. Then they get three days off. A whopping three days off. They get the Lakers at home. Their last home game of the season. And let's be honest, I hope they bury the Lakers. The Lakers are on the ropes. Mathematically speaking, they still, as of today, still can make the play-in round. But how sweet would it be if the Warriors were the team to just shut it all down, right? You go back to the beginning of the season, right? That opening night game, that was just a ton of fun to watch. Who knew? (laughs) <laughs> who knew everybody expected maybe the Warriors and Lakers to be battling I know I did that was one thing that I kept hyping up about in the season like this was going to be the first season in my fandom that the Warriors and the Lakers were going to both be legitimately good legitimate contenders but clearly the Lakers did not live up to their end of the bargain so if they can go home and whoop the Lakers 
that would be just huge for the fans, but also just the Warriors' confidence in general. You know, I mean, they, I hope as much as I don't want this to happen, I hope they do not lose to the Lakers and keep the Lakers' hopes alive. That would just be, that would be lame as hell. Then they get the San Antonio Spurs on Saturday the 9th, and then the Pelicans on Sunday the 10th. So a back-to-back then. Those teams, as of now, are still vying for the play-in round and positioning in the play-in round. So it'll be interesting to see how those teams come out. Hey, it might be good for the Warriors to see a couple teams that are still trying hard instead of just coasting or whatever, mailing it in. It might keep their competitiveness up. So bottom line is there's four games left. What I was hoping for, what I was expecting was that maybe the Warriors would lose to the Suns and the Jazz, but then have a chance to just take the four games and build some momentum, get that confidence back up and go into the playoffs. So now they beat the Jazz, you know, maybe turn the corner. Is this a breakthrough game? I don't know. I hope so. But this team has, through all of 2022, kind of been one thing and then turned into another. A lot of it is just because of who's been available on the rosters, a lot of different injuries here and there. But if the Warriors could take the next four, the league would definitely take notice. So good win tonight. A lot of fun. Very, very surprised. And if you're telling me you weren't surprised they came back in this one, I would have to question that. Anyway, that's another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our new YouTube channel. The link will be in the show notes. Be sure to check us out at OaklandWarriors.com. And be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you can, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts. And also leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That would be super helpful. Thanks for listening. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs. Go Dubs.